welcome to the Game the Flayers podcast, episode 50. My name is John, and I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and roll out the red carpet, hold on to the person next to you for fear of the inflation deflation challenge. I am just amazed that you have done that for every single episode that we've done. Folks, it's our 50th episode, and we are totally stoked. We're going to deviate a little bit from our standard, going through a bunch of news and talking through we're a couple games. We're still talking. We're still here. Yeah. We're thanking you for bringing us to this point. Even though it's mostly us doing the work here. Yeah. Uh, share our content. We yeah. we would like to mention that we were going to have a drawing contest for all those who participated. And we've gotten... We've got sad news. There's no winner. My wife said that she'll enter. Yes. Yeah. And then that means I get to keep my item, don't I? But we know you're listening. You act like we don't know you're listening. But we know you're listening. We get to see it. We, we have numbers. Yeah, we have numbers. And they're actually pretty decent for us. Uh, well, Ryan. So thanks for making that happen. Let's go ahead and start for our pickups. So, uh, this week, I didn't really have a whole lot. I picked up a couple random Xbox 360 controllers. Um, looked pretty pristine, and it was two for $5, so why not? Uh, so I got those, and that was pretty much it, dude. And I sold some stuff, so I sold a, a Super Nintendo, and I sold that broken Vectrix. Yeah, those are, yeah. uh, I mean, you gotta get rid of the the old when you bring in the new uh, you have a giant pile of all the new stuff that you've had come in and i haven't seen a lot of outgoing well i mean you saw me packing up so uh for anybody that hasn't heard or listened to our previous episode i think it's episode 47 or 48 where we went ahead and covered uh some vectrix games and Apple Arcades was a versus uh, setup. I had picked up a Vectrix arcade system, and I for a long time had a broken one, and uh, I wanted to fix it up. But once I came across the other one, it was like an easy, you know, I got a great deal swap on that working one. I'm like, just swap it out. So yeah, uh, very happy that I got rid of the old Somebody one. Somebody who has the time to dedicate to fixing that Vectrix will be very happy to get it. Yeah, man. It's that, going to a good home. There is a lot that is tied into fixing a Vectrix, and I am just not up for the challenge on that one. So that was me. Uh, what did you pick up? So this week I picked up Little Town Hero for Switch. Oh, I've wanted to play it so bad, dude. I've been wanting to play it for a while and is very different. I didn't really know what I was expecting. Like I, I haven't really seen much since the last... Uh, Gosh, was it E3 when they showed just like a little snippet of it? But I really like Game Freak. Uh, go ahead and pull up that other page there. Oh, you can uh, work for it. You know, right. I've just kind of been, you know, disenchanted with Pokemon over the years. You know, we've talked about Pokemon a lot here on the podcast. And I just, I'm not, I'm probably just not going to get the next one that comes out. Because I really don't think that I'm going to play it or it's going to be worth my time. But... Recently, I have played a little bit of Drill Dozer, and I've heard talk about some of their other games that they make from Game Freak over the years, and it really sparked my interest to see what they could do now with something totally new and different, and I feel like it's like a really good attempt at a game. I just don't know how long it will be interesting enough to keep playing for me but i can also very 
easily see once I'm done. I'm still kind of just finishing up the tutorial phase of the game. I've only played about two or three hours. So once I'm through that, I think that I'll really get a handle on how much is this system going to expand out. Because right now it's a really tightly oiled small system. But I feel like either I'm doing something wrong that's making battles take too long or the battles just take this long because it's the way it's been so far it seems like it's just a a boss game where there's not there's not like regular encounters and stuff it seems like every encounter is going to be like a boss encounter so like a cutesy version of shadow of the colossus yeah, so mm -hmm. for anybody who hasn't seen anything or anybody who hasn't played this, the way that the game works is you have uh, you have these ideas every turn. You get ideas. They're called isits. And you have so much power that you can use in a turn, and... You can use that power to turn the Izzets into Dazits. And then the Dazits are actionable. So that's what you meant by that Instagram post yeah. you made. I was like, what the hell yeah. is he talking about? So the system works. It's kind of like, imagine a card game similar to Hearthstone where it's like you have to build up a hand and try to maintain a level of control against your opponent or the monster you're fighting. They'll have... A certain amount of dazits and you have your isits and however many dazits you still have lingering around because each one has an attack and a defense point score and you want to collide your dazits against theirs in a way that will break theirs and let you maintain some of yours and maintain some of your strength points your whatever your energy points so that if you don't already have an extra attack dazit you can turn one of your extra attack is it's into a dazit and hit the enemy it looks so far like it's gonna be three hearts so you have to hit the enemy three times but every time you hit the enemy they have like a shield that comes back up that has a certain score to it now, if I attack you with three attack power and you have the shield up and you have four shield, you'll take three damage. But if you have no shield or you have one point of shield and I hit you, no matter what the number is, it'll take away that shield or it'll do one heart. There's no, like, spillover damage. There's no, like, get their shield down and hit them with, like, a nine strength attack and you kill them all three hearts. And then also your is it's once they become Dazits go and get locked away in your headspace. So you don't get those. You don't put them on the bottom of your deck and then redraw them. You kind of go through all the things that you have. And once you take damage, then you get all your ideas back. Or once you've done enough damage to the opponent, you can use some of that extra energy, I think it's called BP, to buy back your stuff and refresh your hand or swap something out 
directly into your hand that you don't have. And all of this combat takes place on a turn-by-turn basis where you have your round of visits and dazits and they have their round. And once you've collided all the ones that you have, you then go to an overhead view of the town that's like Mario Party style spaces. Oh, like Dokupon Kingdom. And you roll a dice and you move to whatever space and anybody who's from the town that's in that area that's on a space, when you land there, they'll be next to you and you get a free extra helping action from them. Or sometimes you'll land on a space and there will be like a cannon here. And it's like, okay, if you can use your slam to hit the cannon, but it you can't just be any ability. It's not like in another RPG where you have a standard attack or you have like a spell. They're really leaning into this idea that these are ideas. So it's like, well, if I just slam that now, instead of just trying to also deal with the numbers game, just matching up with my opponent, I'm also trying to get myself into position to land in certain squares. And when I'm in those squares, have a specific idea ready to use that. And then also you'll go around and people will shout out to you like random things and then you'll get like a new keyword that's like a new idea that you have that might be something really powerful that you know it's like it's hard to tell how deep the system's going to get i looked at the the level up system and it seems like most of it is just that like after some fights you get some points and you can make everything go like one stronger but for some things it's really good there's this one idea pelt that hits all of your enemies' dazits for one point of damage already, and you don't have to engage and waste something else that breaks. And also, it's a blue idea, so it generates another thing to replace it in your hand that's a random idea. Is this a digital-only game right now? Oh, I, I don't, don't know. I got it digital and it was uh it was a cheap game. It wasn't a full price game. I want to say it was like 35 bucks or something. Huh. All right. I'll look it up. But well, it was I'll look into it. It seems really interesting. I really would like to give it some more time because I was trying to play the DLC for the Messenger finally, but there was this huge bullshit thing. Let me know if anybody else is pissed about this. If you beat the game before they patched it, it doesn't save that you beat the final boss. So without having played this like action platformer that uses a lot of timing and muscle memory to familiarize yourself with this good game that I did everything in, and it was hard, now I have to go back and rebeat the boss with zero practice. And it's super hard. Oh, that sucks, dude. It super sucks. I absolutely hate it when that happens in a game. Well, uh, as far as playing games this week is concerned, I went ahead and started playing Arkham City. And we, my wife and I are also playing Zack and Wiki. Um, and I think it's the Treasure of Barbaros, I think. I forget the the actual adventure, Barbaros the Pirate. I don't remember, but it's a Zack and Wiki game. It's on the Wii and Arkham City. You might be wondering, Ryan, why am I not playing Sukaden 2? Well, I'll tell you why. I finally beat it. You're going to keep looking at your iPad, aren't you? 
I was trying to find out what the price of that game was. Yes, you're you told me you beat this be... game two weeks ago. You posted no. it online. Yeah, but the, our listeners didn't know. You posted it on the social media. Well, I finally beat the damn game, Ryan. I know. Finally. I'm proud of you. Six months. I think it was six months. I don't know. We'll have to go back to previous episodes. Seems like since we've been recording, I've been playing this game. Um, so, Sukunen 2, absolutely phenomenal. Highly recommend it to anybody. Story was great. Uh, there were times that it lagged a little bit, but for the most part, it was a fantastic game. And I did get all 108 stars, or all 108 characters, and... That was some BS, dude. I don't. Did I tell you about like the process on the hundred eight stars and to make sure you get the good ending? Yeah. About the whole timing aspect. Yeah. And having a, okay. So for anybody that does not know this, um, and you do play Sukunen Two down the road, as you start getting all of the different characters, there's a point in time where one of the characters that you're with. So spoiler alerts. Um, she gets shot. And this is a particular character that dies at the end of a game unless you get all one hundred eight stars. And on top of that, take a split second to make an action within the menu. It has you calling out the character's name or saying, watch out. And if you don't do that within a certain period of time, that character ends up dying. So 108 stars, timing that correctly. And then there's one other piece to it as well. There's like a third component. So as long as you do all those, you get the good ending, which got to tell you, man, totally worth it. The 108 stars and going through that, 100% worth the ending yeah. that I received. Yeah. I was extremely ecstatic by that. I actually um, did the non-good ending initially. So when you're at the end of a the game, uh, they say, hey, you know, uh, we're so happy that you won. We want you to lead us. And your options are, sure, I'll go ahead and lead you and become king and or become your leader. And the other one is, uh, no, I'm not going to do this. And you just walk away. And when you do that, that's when you get into the, uh, the final like good ending. And the interesting thing about that is, is you still have the ability to go travel towns and do anything else. So you've like completed the game. You can go anywhere you want in the world, and you can go ahead and save. You can do more battles. You can have your characters available, like all this crazy cool stuff. Or you go to where you need to go and complete the game. Mm. So that was pretty sweet. Um, so yeah. I guess we'll move into our, our next section, unless you got anything on Sukuden 2. Uh, no, I, I don't have anything on Secret of Two, and I also have no updates. I need to still go back in and play and finish my last bit of my New Games resolution. Well, hold on. So, I completed my New Games resolution before you did. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. I had three games and way more laziness. I had 45 hours of gameplay of mine. You had, what, 18? No. Yeah. No. How, how long to... We could check how long to beat. What is it, six or seven hours per game? No. The RPG is longer. It's like 12 hours. Compared to my 40. Okay, fine. All right. Well, either way, I, I'm totally stoked to figure out what we do next year. I've already got a whole bunch of games that I've been looking at. Yeah. I don't know if I want to do one game, like a big one again, yeah. or do two games. But if you're listening to us now and you didn't get to take part in it uh, this year, obviously... Uh, we'll do another new games resolution for 2020. And we'll remind you again join in us. November, towards the end of November. We'll gear up for it through Christmas, you know, all the way through the winter holidays, getting ready for that new games resolution. Yeah, I think. It might remember, too. folks, there's games out there, probably games that you know, that you've just always wanted to finish, or play, or complete 100. percent It's just gone neglected. 
pick a game this year that you want to play. I can tell you I'm not doing Sukaden 3. 100% will not. I might do Arc Lad 3. I don't know. There's plenty of time. We'll figure it out, man. We'll figure it out. Oh, there's so many so, games. Yeah, uh, and then uh, what, were, what were we going to do? So we're going to talk about the awesomeness has returned, folks. Dota 2. We're here, baby. 2019-2020 DPC season. It's going to be awesome. We've had a bunch of stuff go down. Uh, anybody who doesn't follow Dota doesn't care. But anybody who does will know that we had some mad roster changes. So, like, full teams that have been playing together for, like, the better part of the time that I've been watching this are gone. It's all new people on some of these teams. Some teams are literally just they took a whole team and moved them to a different organization. Who decides that? Is it, like, the sponsors and such? Yeah. Yeah. Whoever owns the team hires people there's always roster changes and there's always trades and people move around a lot but i mean this time it was like liquid who was like they won three ti's ago and they've been like you know doing really good throughout all the seasons the last couple years that whole team is gone there's not a single person on that team on that team anymore so it's kind of like actual like physical sports where they trade players and they trade yeah or get they, rid of people yeah bring they new do people it on. all the time and since it's only like five people and a coach there's like when you move somebody you're really moving like a chunk and so i'm i haven't really looked up the new dpc rules this year but i think that the trades are going to be a percentage of points this year that's attributed so it's like if you're qualified for TI this year and then you trade away a player, well, uh, how much qualified are you still? And does that person take points with them? And I don't think they do that anymore. But anyways, it's shaping up to be a pretty good one. Uh, we're back in Hamburg uh, with ESL1. All the great casters are there. All the great players are there. Well, not all the great players. Still, just like last year, OG is nowhere to be seen in this first tournament. Probably taking it easy right off the back of being the first team to ever win two TI championships, let alone do it back-to-back. -back. So, so far, uh, we've got Gambit and TNC Predator. They're already in the upper bracket finals. Uh uh, lower bracket, we've got Vici Gaming and Alliance. They'll be facing off tomorrow against Wind and Rain and Virtus Pro, respectively. Uh, a lot of the teams that were here are teams that I hadn't heard of, but you know, with all the changes, there's still familiar names on all these squads. It's a smaller tournament, uh, but I'm glad to have some Dota back in my life, and uh, I'll keep I'll keep bringing updates. I know. Let me know if anybody out there likes hearing about Dota stuff. I'm just trying to do my bit to support. So get out there, watch some Dota, folks. I think it's pretty interesting. Oh, and to follow up, for anybody who hasn't played before, uh, check out Strafe. It's an app. It's an eSports app. And you can set up and follow all your favorite teams, follow all your favorite players and stuff. And now they have a system for where when you go in and pick your wins and losses, they really gamified it and they upgraded their visuals a lot. And so now it's really engaging to go in there and like try to get all your picks in. Uh, they've gamified it and introduced microtransactions for whatever the fuck reason. 
but they have. Wait, uh, wait, wait, what do you mean? Whatever the fuck reason? You know why they put microtransactions? Well, yeah, in? but I mean, this is bad. This is digital guessing for points. So they gave you like rocket booster things that you can use to increase the amount of points that you get if you win, or like a vest that you could put on. Like, well, I'll get a bunch if this team wins. I'll get a ton of points, but if they lose, I'm going to drop like a rock so you could like use an item to not lose as many points. But I'm, I mean, I've been watching this long enough that I've been doing okay, actually. I've been in the top five, you know, for the last three days in the league that I'm in. So, well, it's only out of a hundred people, like each league is separated by like a hundred people. So we'll see where I wind up. Yeah, definitely want to hear, uh, you know. How that turns out for you. Hey, uh, speaking of which, you said Hamburg, and uh, that reminded me, we had our first ever Germany downloads uh, this past week. So clap, clap, clap to those in the UK. Dude, the UK has been like crazy on downloads recently. Europe. That's no, the EU. No, no, I know. I'm just saying the UK. Oh, and, the UK as yeah, well. Yeah, the UK as well. UK's popping off. Yeah, UK's popping off. I mean, dude, it's like 20% of our downloads. It's crazy. Like I'm shocked. You in the UK, you could have won this tur. You could have won something. We probably would have been biased and picked you, right? I mean, for sure. Uh, so that's a good segue into uh, find us on Spotify and all other podcast applications. Hit us up on Instagram at the Game Deflators and uh, Facebook as the Game Deflators. The except Game Twitter. Deflators everywhere except Twitter, which is at Game Deflators. They couldn't handle the. You trying to explain that in person to somebody last night at the most amazing concert in the oh, entire yeah. world was awesome. Well, we we ran into a couple playing uh, some game. I don't even know what it was on an old cabinet, and I had to. Be it was like, a multi-cade. Hey, what do you know about what do you know about podcasts? What do you know about the Game Deflators? I, I just shook my head. I'm like, I wish we had business cards. I know, um, we'll get some. Yeah, we gotta get some. I've just been too lazy to print them. Um, so, that being said, dude, it's our 50th episode. We're on a whole bunch of areas for podcasts. Um, we've had plenty of cool downloads. We've got downloads all around the world, which is pretty what's, sweet. What's our next big milestone download-wise? Uh, a thousand. A thousand? Yeah, and I mean, since we... God, what was it, like, maybe four episodes ago we were like excited we were at 500 now we're like we're gonna hit a thousand soon and for people that have it's that snowball yeah people that have tons and tons of downloads been doing this for years like i get it but it's really cool for us because it's 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 real it looks like it's real big numbers and it's real cool because it's like it's just something you know i always wanted to do a podcast or i really always wanted to do a youtube channel back in the day i had the great idea and i'm not going to share it here because i will probably potentially still do it. I got very disheartened back in the day. Once, If this ever comes to fruition, anybody who's hearing this will totally get it by the time it happens. But, uh, you know, looking back at this, it's been a, a great ride, and these first 50 episodes have been awesome. And, John, you know what it's got me thinking about? Or All what the it, games that we played. It got me thinking about that. You stealing my things again. God, so I, impromptu power pole last week. You're like, or two weeks ago. We're still gonna do episodes. our uh, our inflation deflation, but before we get to that, John, let's reminisce back about some of the inflation deflations of yesteryear and this year. Uh, <laughs> that's not even a word. So, dude, we have done a lot of different games over the last number of episodes uh there's some great ones that have come through funny yes, enough that number is 50 john 
50 would be that number no, of no, episodes. No, 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 sir. We have played multiple games on multiple episodes. Like, uh, God, what did, during that Vectrix arcade Oh, yeah, thing, we did like eight games. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so you can't say we've done 50 games. We've done a lot more than 50. So for me, I was down to three games. And funny enough, all three of those games were on the Sega Genesis, uh, which is actually kind of surprising. Ultimately for me, dude, my favorite, favorite game that we did over the last 50 episodes was Alien 3. And that was episode 19. We did that episode. Man, that game was brutal. I remember trying to save those people from those aliens. I don't think I saved anybody. I was the only one that was uh, doing pretty well in that game. I hadn't played it for years. And what's funny is after we did that episode, I went ahead and grabbed my Sega Nomad, which I had just picked up like a week before that, and started playing some Alien 3 on the couch. Totally worth it. Did you beat it? No, of course not. I probably got through three or four levels and was like, all right, it's time to... Got got it out of your system. Got it out of my system and then went to watching some Netflix. There you go. Uh, what was yours, dude? So... <sighs> I, I'm having a tough time now. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, tonight's episode of the Inflation Deflation If you say it, you're going to spoil it, has, though. Has very heavily biased me. But I think I'm going to stick to my guns, and I'm going to say monster in my pocket. Way back in episode four, way back when we weren't even sure if this was going to be a thing that we were going to keep doing, and look at us now. Like It reminds me of... Of my roots, John, when we were just two spunky monsters sticking it to the man, running through kitchens and sewers and all kinds of weird places where tiny little monsters shouldn't be. Were there sewers in that one? Dude, I think we were running in a sewer levels. If there's not a sewer level in every game ever, I don't know what there is. Monster in My Pocket was a lot of fun. You know what was another good one? Was Wampum. And I think that was like episode five Wampum or six. Wampum was really, really hard. Wampum was, it seems all the hard ones are the ones that I absolutely love and I get through. And then all the ones that are like supposed to be easy, I absolutely suck at. Well, and then there was our surprising mutual love of Ghostbusters 2. That was actually pretty cool. Was it, wait, was it Ghostbusters 2 the one that we oh, liked? Yeah, it was yeah. Ghostbusters 2 on the NES. Yeah. I think we played that on an emulator, if I'm correct. Oh, that one was great. Oh, that, dude, that was actually a lot of fun. We were told that was a terrible game, but it was actually pretty good. It wasn't bad at all. Nothing's ever going to be as bad as Mrs. Spider was, though. Yeah, I was going to say what your worst game was that we've done, and I think Mrs. Spider probably Mrs. tops that Spider-Man list. Mrs. Spider-Man or... Um... You know, to appease my wife, we have to play Bratz on the PlayStation 1. Oh, no. I know. She gave us a challenge like... 30 episodes ago and we didn't do it we have to do it at some point so i'll write it down as one of those games that we need to do honestly i think that um spin jam was pretty bad spin jam was pretty bad but the futurama i think just because i wanted it to be a cool thing and we instantly said like screw this I think there's a difference, though. I have to disagree with you on that, man, because there is a, a hilarity component to it, like the screens and such and the voices and characters. That yeah, but was we just more... didn't get far enough before I got too frustrated to want to keep trying. Well, that was just a hard-ass game, and that I wouldn't say it I sucked. really think we're probably just dumb or the game was bad, is what I think. Uh, well, I think it was more difficulty-based than it was. I mean, it had bad reviews, I can tell you that. 
but I think it was more difficulty base than it was, you know, being a bad game. Because it's not like controls are poor, if I remember. Mm. I don't know. We'd have to refer back to those episodes, or you as listeners can refer back to those episodes and tell us. Yeah, what was what your, we what's your favorite game out there that we've played that maybe we didn't play as much as you think we should have, and it was better than we said it was, or games that you can't believe we struggled through the pain of doing that. Yeah, I would. I would still say Mrs. Spider and Spin Jam, and we can all look. Look to John and his lovely collection that grows ever more. We're never going to run out of uh, inflation, deflation challenges. But, hey, anybody that's out there, is there a way that people can look at your collection to see what else we might play in the future? Yeah, actually, uh, I have it on VGCollect.com. I think the it's FF as in Filthy Frank. Uh, so now we can hashtag him. Uh, FF Maniac 2050 is the uh, collection name, and that's on VGCollect.com. Is there a way you can change that to the Game Deflators collection? Yeah, I've been trying to. Actually, okay. it was, it, you know, as a matter of fact, there was a guy that messaged me, because uh, it's a whole community on there, and this guy said, hey, uh, you know, I see you have X game in your collection. It says you have the cover. Um, if it's in good condition, can you scan it for me and send it to me so I can print it? He couldn't find a good copy online. So there's a whole community on there that's super cool. So um, as a matter of fact, when I was on there, I was like, man, I should really just change this to Game Deflators. Well, uh, anybody, Which I could still. If anybody can go out and draw up a bracket and perfectly guess the next 50 games that we play, take a picture of yourself with today's newspaper and seal it in an envelope, post dated today, and send it to us 50 episodes from now, and you have the exact right order of the next 50 games, I'll steal anything in John's collection for you. No. Uh, so... I was just thinking about this. You know, be really interesting is after, you know, during the playoffs for football when that kicks around, we can kind of do our own playoffs of uh, inflation deflation where maybe we pit each week two games and then mm. decide which one's better and just kind of go through there until we, we get to a championship. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Do like a yeah, bracket. We'll start to do some uh, some interesting stuff. Yeah, We've well, got a whole, like we talked about in the next, you know, in our one year episode, which was not too long ago. Because we've been keeping up a pretty good pace here. So uh, once we get to, you know, oh, dude, my, the future, my mind we've is, got all kinds of stuff we could do. My mind's going wild here. I'm thinking like even NCAA tournament bracket with like the Atari bracket, the Sega bracket, the Nintendo, and the Sony bracket. And just like get them down we'll, into we'll, a final four. We'll spitball four. some ideas. Oh. We'll try to come up with some ways dude, that maybe awesome. you guys could participate in all this stuff. But you got to participate. Exactly. You know the name. You know where to find us. So, with that being said... Don't be shy, UK people. Or if you just want to listen and you don't want to talk to us because you think that's weird, I respect that. I don't. As long as he gives a five-star review, then I'll respect it. There we go. Five so, stars. Five stars less. and you don't have to say a word. So, uh, let's go into our next section here, dude. So, PlayStation 5. I just read Looking an article. Looking at the future, John. Looking at the future, Yeah. So PlayStation 5, uh, we know it's coming out. I saw a recent article. It's a rumored price point, but this site's been correct before. And uh, we didn't link it this go-around, but they're guesstimating PlayStation 5 is going to be releasing about $499 US, and then they're saying about $549, I think is what they said, in the UK, or in Europe, really. So, you know, they typically... No, $499 
in Europe as well, but their currency is obviously Probably it'll be higher. like five fifty yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. It'd be like a five fifty. Which range is here. the perfect amount of money to charge if you want to bundle it with a PSVR two and some crazy controllers for a thousand dollars like I told them that'll happen. I'm gonna say seven fifty to eight hundred if it's bundled. That'll be my price point for you. So we'll see. But that being said, we are extremely excited for PlayStation 5. Ryan and I came down and um, pretty much said, what exclusive games are we looking forward to having released on PlayStation 5? We looked at PlayStation 1, 2, 3, and 4 games and really tried to figure out what is a possible game down the road. What's on our yes, wish John, list? What do we want to see? That's what I did. I yeah, looked I, at all of those things. You did a little bit. You had a list of PlayStation so we, games. We kind of we kind of put together an interesting thing. I John and I talked about this before, and you know the thing about exclusive games is that they're they're not always big franchises, but they do tend to stick out the ones that are big franchises because just a one-off game, unless it's you know Bloodborne which isn't a one-off game. It's a part of his franchise, but it is kind of its own game. Well, it is its own game. It's not technically... It's a Soulsborne game. That's why they call them Soulsborne. Yeah, but they're not tied to Dark Souls. It's its own game. It's like Sekido. Sekido is not Dark Souls or uh, Bloodborne. It's its own thing. Yeah, it's its own thing, but you still associate it with that. So, you know, there's certain things like... Uh, John, you... What was one of the ones that you suggested? What do you think what? is going to be a kick-ass PS5 exclusive title? I'll just go through my list, dude. Burn them. Yeah, so I'll burn right through these. Uh, and keep in mind, people, Ryan needed the assistance of a list. I came up with these off the top of my head. I'll just point that out there. I'm a huge Sony fan, obviously, so that, that so he comes just, with nature. The most obvious targets he could find. Uh, no, not at all. Some of them. Some of them. Most of them. Either way, exciting games. So, so I, yeah. They closed out Uncharted 4. We talked about that. Or Uncharted series. And then they had Uncharted Lost Legacy. I would like to see them return to Uncharted, but with a young Nathan Drake and having it as a prequel. Like in the flashback sequences in yeah. Uncharted 4? Yeah, something like that. You know, like him just kind of getting his bearings and having all of those older characters around, but having them younger. That'd be pretty sweet. So uh, I'm looking at that. Another God of War, of course. It's going to happen. We know it will happen. There's no announcements, obviously, that we know of, but it's bound to happen. They've had one for every console outside Dad of... Dad of War 2. Dad of War 2. Um... Next one, Ape Escape Reboot. That is the most exciting on the list. I love God of War to death, but I think that Ape Escape would be an awesome thing to get a new, like, boom, here's some more of this you didn't think you needed. Exactly. Even that or something along the lines of, like, a remake, right? So take the first one and remake it or remake the first three, whatever it may be. That or... Just a straight up. New I mean, Ape they've Escape. been doing a lot of that, you know, remastered versions of stuff, remastered collections. So I could see them doing maybe a remastered collection of Ape Escape. But I do feel like now that we've gotten, you know, the Spyro collection and the Crash collection, like we're I due for an Ape Escape. Well, I think we're going to see, you know, more new stuff. Like, mm hmm. 
bring those characters back and show us what was great about them, show the new generation what used to be great about them. And then I think the studios should ukulele it up and take those same things that you love and then come up with new original takes on that with new characters to keep to keep it rolling because it's like not everything has to be Mario for every company. Like it's okay to have these franchises and then jump off their ideas. Exactly, dude. And then uh to close well not close out my list. I got two more here. Uh Sony and Insomniac, I do not want another remake of Ratchet and Clank. I want a new Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet and Clank is one of my all-time favorite game series. And when they said, oh, we're going to put it on PS4, and then they went ahead and released Ratchet and Clank 1 pretty much in, you know, tied in with the movie and everything that they released, it just wasn't exciting. I didn't even pick it up. Why would I pick up the it's first one? It's supposed to be really good. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Ratchet and Clank, but as far as I know, it's the first one. It's, it's a different. remake. Yeah, slightly. Like, the weapons are different. It's got a best of the, all the weapons from all the games. Yeah, no, I just want a brand new title that continue a continuation of the series. Mm. Um so there's that. And then, of course, it's on everybody's list. It's on probably on Ryan's list. Uh, Bloodborne 2. If they don't have a Bloodborne 2 on PS5, I'm going to be thoroughly disappointed. Now, the reason I don't think it will happen is From Software years ago had Demon Souls, which ultimately was it, and that's an IP owned by Sony. Bloodborne is the same situation. It's an IP owned by Sony. So there would be no reason for them to release a Bloodborne 2 because they're not going to get that multi-platform uh, cash flow coming mm -hmm. through. But who knows? I mean, it, it might be popular enough that it it is successful. So we'll yeah. see. And of course, it's not on here, Ryan, but DLC with Bloodborne Cart would be absolutely phenomenal. There you go. Your list. So uh, my list, I kind of went back in time and i looked at some of the greatest things that we haven't seen in a long time <laughs> wikipedia <clears throat> and this is stuff that i've not even played some of it uh the first thing that i ran into was dark cloud Did you i play remember that? i've never played dark cloud i've seen a friend of mine play some dark cloud 2 back in the day and the way he talked about the game made me always want to play it and i just have never really been in a position to but i know that there's so much love around this franchise that i think a new dark cloud would be a great way to kind of break up and give the world like here's a new top tier sony exclusive rpg like you used to have back in the day but we're gonna push this and leave the kingdom hearts and leave the final fantasy and leave the dragon uh warrior well so dark cloud is actually one of my favorite playstation 2 games um i absolutely loved it it's phenomenal and the whole idea of being able to level not level create but world create or world build it's just super cool like you're pulling all these different components and making rivers and placing things down um and you know everything's kind of contingent on one thing or the other you know you might go to somebody who says hey I like facing the east and I need to be near some water. So you build that. But then somebody else might be saying, well, I need to be facing south, but I want my back facing the water. So you got to like strategically place different characters in different areas. And there's no perfect way to really do it. You have the flexibility to build your town and areas the way you feel it should be built. And um, I started playing Dark Cloud 2, but I didn't get the same vibe I did from Dark Cloud 1. And oddly enough, a lot of people prefer Dark Cloud 2 over 1. Mm. 
reason I don't know if a three would happen is I've been Googling it every single year for the last like 10 years. Uh, if Dark Cloud 3 would be coming out, I'm throwing 10 years out there, but I seem to Google it once a year. And it's through Level 5, who does an Eno Kuni series. They did White Knight Chronicles as well. The one thing that I've noticed between that company and their games, Dark Cloud 1, Dark Cloud 2, White Knight Chronicles 1, White Knight Chronicles 2, and now Nino Kuni 1, Nino Kuni 2. Mm. It's kind of like Valve. Haven't so seen a three. they're probably going to do a new IP after yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see. But I've been clamoring for a Dark Cloud 3 for years, man. Well, and another thing that we're most likely not going to get because it's an old franchise but it would be awesome to have a psvr armored core game where you're like actually in the cockpit that would be pretty sweet dude and a lot of the you know things that they're talking about the playstation 5 vr or vr2 and how that's going to work out you know the the camera on the back and Mm. being able to space out your surroundings a little better well and being in a cockpit is a really good vr control method because you no longer feel like you're moving around you feel like okay i should be in a space where i'm sitting down and that makes sense and i'm just controlling this thing around me so it it, it's not the same as trying to be a first person person you know like doom guy I'd say it would be pretty awesome in one of our computer chairs here where we can mm-hmm. spin around and yeah. have the VR at the cockpit. That'd be pretty sweet. Exactly. Exactly. What do you got, what do you got next, dude? Uh, next up one is one that I've never played all the way through. It was on my PlayStation 1 demo disc as a child. Uh, Tomba. You know, I've never played that series before. It was legit. It's got so much good, fun character. It's one of those 2.5D games. It's like... An interesting level of like RPG, but action platforming, and it's just a crazy, weird, interesting world. I've listened to a lot of stuff on this game over the years. Some of my favorite YouTubers, Cat Icarus, he talks about this game super highly. I think that he was a good mascot kind of ish character. He got two games. And they're both really popular with people who played them, but I just think it never caught on. And I think a new look at going back to that, because the PS5 is going to have so much mind-blowing graphics. You know, it's going to look so good. But I always think it's important to remember where games came from. And this could be a really good way to have a really crisp, sharp-looking new take on an old classic, kind of like what they did with uh, Link's Awakening and what they've done with like the Yoshi titles. Like, I think this would be a good PlayStation way to bring back an old kind of cartoony 2.5D world of characters and make it something fresh and interesting. I agree with you on that. And uh, the d- opposite of the spectrum from that. The world needs a new Twisted Metal. With the way that things are today and how much everything sucks and all the mayhem, we need some big scary clown dude in an ice cream truck with a Gatling gun driving straight through, you know, the Washington Square and over the Grand Canyon and just in, you know, a school parking lot somewhere. We need Twisted Metal back. I feel like you could have opened that up a little better, Ryan. You probably could have said, like, you know, I've got a sweet tooth kind of going on here. Yeah. 
Dude, I, I would love a new Twisted Metal. Uh, Twisted Metal Black was actually the last Twisted Metal game that I played. I think it was the last one, and I never played it. No, no, it. Twisted Metal uh, was also released on the PS3. Mm. They had released one on there, and it's actually, I think, the same that team. That was Black. No, Black was on PlayStation 2. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. The last one I played was the one where you could make your own like custom cars. Yeah, I'm trying to look at my uh, shelf here. Yeah, I'm looking at it right there, Twisted Metal Black. Okay. Yeah, I think. I'm gonna hold on, people. Hold on. Ryan's gonna keep talking while I go check the shelf. Yeah, uh, I just I think that Twisted Metal was a great series. I think that now that we have like full on online multiplayer, people love Rocket League. People love you know survival games. Like, what if you had like a big giant open world? Like, think about like Grand Theft Auto online, right? Now turn that into a hundred person death match where everybody's in cars. <laughs> a twisted metal battle royale game. Yeah. I basically would play that. like a custom, like online A better version of Fortnite. Well, Hashtag it's like Fortnite. Everything that you can do in Call of Duty, like unlock new weapon equips and stuff, there's no reason you couldn't build your car the same way you build your soldier and then go out in these big massive like Mad Max style but not in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, like just chaos simulator. Like that would be kick ass. I'd play that for sure. All right. What is your last game, sir? My last one. I'm excited about this one. This is another game that I never played, but it's supposed to be really good. And this is what everybody thought that we were maybe going to get when Sekido came out, but it's Tenchu, a new Tenchu. That would be pretty sweet, dude assassin style slit and throats going mm-hmm. around yeah i've actually i think i've got it on playstation one and i want to say i have it on playstation two i don't recall it would be over by tony hawk and all that good stuff i don't think i do have it no. yeah i gotta buy it okay so yeah tenshu fully agree with you that's a game that should be remade as well. Yeah, so that's that's our list. That's our five most, maybe not necessarily most desired for me, but things that I think would be good ideas for PlayStation. I'm going to say here, the title of our episode, the PlayStation 5 games we all want. There we go. That is what it is. Well, what the game deflators want, but hopefully you guys as well. So I think this is a, a good little bridge here, Ryan, to jump into our most recent inflation deflation. Hey, everybody. Are you ready? Are you ready for Halloween? Aye, are you aye, ready Captain. for the spookiness? Wait, wrong wrong show. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you not, are. Not, it, not I kind of I kind of led into that with a little bit of a little bit uh, of pirateness going. Yeah. For you. Yeah. A little ahoy there. So, uh, we've been trying to get spooky this month a little bit. Uh, I know we haven't really done a great job so far, so we're trying to make up for it. This week, Parasite Eve. I know I didn't... You didn't fill in the uh, info. Like I how? filled out most of it. and then no, you, you kept, didn't. You filled out two pieces. I filled out all the bottom part. September, Dummy. the reception. Stop it. <laughs> so, this game was developed by Square. Uh, it was uh, released... Uh, Square who? Just Square. It wasn't Square Enix yet. It wasn't Squaresoft? No. You sure about that? Well, it says Squaresoft on the case, but it says developer mm-hmm. Square. Mm-hmm. Continue. I didn't write the wiki article. It just says Square. Don't believe what you I'm see on wiki people. I'm going to kill you, John. Don't believe what I'm you see on wiki people. I'm going to kill you and bury Ryan, your body. Ryan, <laughs> hey, you people heard that. He I'm going to light me. you on fire and throw you in an opera house. 
You're supposed to put me in the opera house and then light me on fire. God, so, man. So rude. Did you not learn me. anything from our inflation? Developed inflation? by Square, published by Square, and uh, also Electronic Arts here in the U.S., directed by Takashi Tokita. And uh, it's a, it's an interesting game. It's... It's definitely not something that I've played anything like before. John, you've played this game more than I have. You've had some prior exposure to it. What do you think about Parasite Eve? I think it's very different. I mean, when I first picked up Parasite Eve, it was during... I mean, well, we all kind of have that phase with different games that we collect. And I've always been an avid having to pick up PlayStation 1 RPGs. Super close to completing that part of my collection, but... Parasite Eve was one I said, all right, let me pick it up. It's a Squaresoft game. Yes, that's correct, Squaresoft. Excuse me. So, yeah, it's a Squaresoft game. I want to jump into it. I want to play it and see how it is. And when I first played the game, I'm like, what the hell is this? It's just the combat style is just so very different from all the other games I played. And it almost reminds me uh, of Vagrant Story. It's very forward-thinking compared to what was out at the time. I mean, this... This looks and feels like it should be somewhat Final Fantasy adjacent, somewhat Silent Re- Hill adjacent, but somewhat it's really Resident Evil. <laughs> it's really a mix of those elements. You have a really strong mix of all those. Going yeah, and on I think here. the beautiful thing about this game is you have, at least from the bit we played and the bit I played years ago, you have a good story that's developing, but then you have all of these awesome components that are tied to different types of games. So the Resident Evils of the world and Silent Hill and Final Fantasy, it all kind of meshes together into like one really cool game. And on top of that, it has the graphic style of like Final Fantasy VIII because it was released in that same time It looks time period. great. Like I love, you know, chunky looking PS1 games and this is a good looking chunky PS1 game like it must have been drop dead gorgeous in the day yeah I think it said what 97 96 is when it was released 98 98 yeah so like I said looks like Final Fantasy 8 and that is one of my favorite Final Fantasies so the graphic style kind of draws me in right away nice different cutscenes and cinematics to the game and the music is uh, pretty decent too especially getting into battle uh, that music kind of gives you that I wouldn't say a horror vibe, but it gives you more of that spooky vibe while you're playing it. Yeah, it was uh, really good. And the reception behind this tends to agree with that. It really lines up. This game averages about an 8 out of 10. Like, it was definitely a strong release. And I think most people pretty much got that. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't actually mind adding this to uh, PS5 exclusive Desired you know what what games we want and i also wouldn't mind adding this pretty close up there to my favorite games played on the show now i've uh heard about this game before i've seen stuff i remember seeing it in magazines back in the day when i was a kid but you know never actually playing it i was never one for horror games but it just seems from just a small exposure like this is definitely a game i think i'm gonna have to borrow and play if not, try to get it on my uh, PlayStation Classic. I'll probably just do that. That's yes. a way better idea. So I don't recall, but I want to say that Parasite Eve or Parasite Eve 2 was initially supposed to get like an adults-only rating. I don't recall because this is mature, right? This particular game mm. should be on that cover. Yes, it is. Yeah, so I want to say that this game was supposed to get an AO rating, and they ended up obviously 
fixing some things to make sure it didn't get it. But can you imagine an AO rated PS1 game? That'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, reception, like you said, man, eight out of 10 is what was given, um, on average. And, uh, I'll go through pricing on here, dude. So pricing wise, complete in box, this game sits at 2550, uh, peaked at 34 bucks back actually. Wow. In March of 2019, uh, it's in a little slump, which is nice. And, uh, loose 1635 is what's averaging peaked out back in March of 2011, uh, at $23. And, uh, that game right now or loose, it's pretty stable as well. Yeah, it hasn't really bounced. A lot of times when I look at these charts and I try to get you know an idea of what the what it looks like, and then I try to come up with like a way to describe how it's handling. I mean, these numbers, these are the averages. So it's like not it's not that everybody out there in the world's paying sixteen thirty five, but enough people are paying thirteen, and enough people are paying nineteen to land in the middle. Yeah, and it just seems like nobody's really gone more than like a buck above or a buck below this for years now. So that's a pretty, that's probably one of the most stable prices I've seen on here. And I can tell you to complete in box this game for a while. I want to say when I bought it, it was 20 bucks and it was consistent $20 probably about, I wasn't driving yet when I bought it. So about 12, 15 years ago. Nice. Yeah. About, actually longer now. Wow, about 16 years ago, it was only sitting about 20 bucks. So that's not bad. Um, what are your thoughts on the price point, dude? 25.50 is that too much? Is it I mean, uh, inflated or to, is it deflated? I'm gonna try to get into this game and see what it's see what it's about. Maybe next year. Maybe I'll new games resolution this. Yeah, I'm sad as I was thinking that too. Yeah, maybe we can both new games resolution it. We'll figure it out. But it's we're, a race. No, where are you at though on this? Uh, I'm still stuck in Mount Moon. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's your new game's resolution. Finish Pokemon right. Go. So I think that the loose price is something that I always question because who wants just a loose disc? Well, somebody that doesn't want to pay for a full complete in box. But the complete in box is tantalizing like if i was going to own a physical copy it would have to be complete in box black label of course and 25 dollars for a game that you're getting because you want to own it and it is a great game to play 25 bucks sounds reasonable especially where it is right now looking at the chart right now it's at the bottom of like a couple dollar drop and it definitely looks like this game is going to get more expensive in the future. It's been kind of slowly pushing itself up over time. So I think I would buy it. I would try to find it for 20 bucks right now. If I found it for 20 bucks right now, I'd buy that shit. I would say, well, yeah, if you found it for 20 bucks, fantastic. So I'm actually going to say this game is uh, deflated. 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 I think if you release this game right now as a brand new IP and put it out through a Switch or PS4, whatever it may be, this game well, would release. Yeah. yeah. Well, think about it. This game would release at twenty nine ninety nine easily. No, and if this released now, like it would be a full price game. It no. was a full price game back then. No, I'm talking about how many indie titles do you see getting released at twenty nine ninety nine? It's not an indie game. I know it's not an indie game. I'm just saying if this type of game came out right now. Not saying updated graphics or anything like that. I'm saying as it is right now, if you took this game and put it on a PlayStation 4, if it's current graphics, I would say $29.99 would be about where it would come out at. 
Oh yeah, they would yeah. sell you this for thirty bucks yeah. as a digital copy. I think it's worth that price point. I think you know, a you... digital game they charge you thirty. No, I'm thinking physical copy, dude. Mm. They just released Concrete Genie for twenty nine ninety nine. This could very easily be twenty nine ninety nine physical. Okay, I buy it. Yeah, so twenty nine ninety nine. If it came out today, I would totally pick it up. It's worth that. Twenty five fifty for a complete in box, nice black label copy with manual all crisp and everything, and a demo disc because there is a demo disc in there. Mm. Uh, I would pick it up. There we go. Yeah. So this was, you know, not that scary after all, John. We got through it together. We did get through it together, and we got through fifty episodes thanks to all of you out there for listening. And Ryan for putting up with me and me putting up with Ryan. Hey, it takes it takes a lot of effort on everybody's part and everybody for putting up with both of us. Those that, they probably just click download and don't listen. Right. Thanks, Thanks UK people. Yeah, thank you, UK people. No, they actually, I think they listen to us. I think it's our, our friends here in Arizona that don't listen to us. Oh, yeah, my friends don't listen. Yeah, disappointing. They probably just click download to give us numbers. Right. Yeah, don't do that. If If, if this is just Danny using a VPN... <laughs> we will find you, Dan. We'll find out. I know where you live now. I have your address. But thanks for downloading a lot. It's kind of weird. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Yeah. All right. Danny's well, in uh, South Africa today. Next week will be the end of Spooky Month, so we'll we'll try to come up with another good spooky title. I'm picking a title. Let's go around. It do you is, know? Do you have an idea? Uh, it's going to be between Siren, uh, Haunting Ground, and Juon. Okay. Or no, Kuon. Sorry, not Juon. It's based on the same deal. So those are mine. I'm kind of leaning toward, or, or the Fatal Frame series. Hey, whatever you want to do, you said you're picking it. Let's do Fatal Frame. Let's, poop, right. let's poop our pants. Fatal Frame next week for Spooky Month. Last week before Halloween. What are we going to do in Thanksgiving? We're going to be thankful, John, for all of the lovely games that you have to present to us and to the audience. Thanks so much for listening. This has been 50 episodes of the Game Deflators. I, I guess this is where I come in. My name is John. And I'm Ryan. And we are the, the Game, Game Deflators. Deflators.